listening to the His Harline Podcast, where we ignite independent and accurate thought, break the chains and shackles of mental bondage, challenge societal norms, and traverse through the timeless teachings of our Heavenly Father. Join us as we liberate minds and embrace the power of the Great Awakening while embracing true sovereignty. Welcome to the show. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I am Jason, your co-host. Welcome, 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 welcome. I am your co-host with our lo- sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus at our side, because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is at the helm, behind the wheel, in the captain's chair. He's steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters, through these storms that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. So today's show is titled Contempt of Constitution Part 2, and today we'll be doing a little reading out of Micah chapter 3. But first, the daily disclaimer, please be advised that I'm not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. And while I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assembly. I do not endorse or advocate for violence unless it is in self-defense of me and my family. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational and entertainment purposes only. So welcome to the show. So, hopefully you all enjoyed the first part, Contempt of the Constitution Part 1. It's very, very, uh, very important. Very important. You see, for over a decade, there has been a dedicated group of people, men and women, from various states, starting with Michigan, and it initially originated with a few people, just a few people, and they have been steadfastly committed to restoring this republic and reverting to a de jure republican form of government. Now, Some of those members have since passed on, God rest her soul. One of them um, was Robert Gilman, very well revered, and his wife, Marilyn. And she always, from my understanding of people who knew them, Marilyn always looked at the assembly members in Michigan as a family. She really loved everybody, from my understanding. I never knew her. I never had the privilege of meeting this awesome couple. But she really, truly looked at the assembly as it was a family. Unfortunately, you get those black sheep that try to get in there and try to sow division. But uh, they have since passed on. But the people that have been, you know, at this since the beginning are still around and they are still rocking and rolling. And this movement began, excuse me, with, uh, like I said, in Michigan and then subsequently gained traction in Alaska Uh, being the first two assembled and settled states with many other states following suit. Now, unfortunately, assemblies from different states, and Michigan being the biggest one, we have encountered 
some serious obstacles in the form of fustigators and infiltrators. And these, these individuals are, I would say, dare I say, characterized by their delinquency, uh, their treasonous behavior, and uh, their propensity for selling out their principles. Uh, they are the type of people who exhibit narcissistic and petulant tendencies. And it's not just here in the assembly that we've been dealing with. We see this on the federal level as well in the de facto side. You have a lot of these people everywhere. And, you know, they're very petulant in nature, almost akin to unruly children. And because that is exactly what they are, they're unruly children. They want things their way. And it's imperative to understand why there is such a strong emphasis on comprehending and addressing the contempt of Constitution. Because this does not only apply to people on the de facto side from the county, state, and federal levels, but it also applies to the people that uh, have abused their offices on the de jure side. That's right. Uh, this actually can be used against military members who uh, commit contempt of the Constitution because, again, they swear an oath to uphold and protect the, you know, the, the Constitution. And so in dealing with these individuals, there can be no negotiations. There can be no compromise. Their pretend assemblies are not to be entertained as they do not have the foundational building blocks that is required and recognized by seven countries, FYI, and the U.S. military who do acknowledge the lawful assembly of states, of the General General Assembly, the National Assembly, as we operate in, an, you know, in a manner, or as I should say, as they operate in a manner akin to domestic terrorists, because that's what these people are. They are domestic terrorists. These individuals may not fit the stereotypical image of a terrorist portrayed in mainstream media, like those that uh, were supposedly associated with the 9-11 attacks. And if you're going to argue with me on that, well, um, I guess keep being spoon-fed what the government is teaching you in the you know public domain, which they call public schools, which I call indoctrination camps. You just keep feeding into that uh, big brother government tapioca pudding. Enjoy. But <clears throat> these people, however, they are terrorists of a different sort. Now, how do you, how do I mean that? They are, and this is what I'm, I'm going to coin this term. They are administrative terrorists is what these people are. We got them everywhere. They're, they are, again, administrative terrorists. They wage a war on freedom. They seek to dismantle our nation's foundations. And their tactics are insidious. They're manipulative. And they're designed to undermine our values and principles. If you want to know the playbook, or at least one of the playbooks of these types of people, go read Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. That's why we call these people... Little Saul Linsky babies, 
That's what's that's what they are. Well, Jason, don't you think you're being a little unfair about that? No, not one bit. And they are driven by a communistic ideology of sorts, and they will go to any lengths to achieve their objectives. Such behavior cannot be tolerated. And I'm going to tell you right now, we have to remain vigilant in defending our nation and our nation against this threat. Because they will not stop until we get serious with our application of action. Hence why we are going through the contempt of constitution. Hence why we are going to um, emphasize the importance of our grand juries. Okay, all these things are very, very, very important for us to learn. But we cannot apply what we don't know. We cannot apply what we don't know. So that is why his hardline exists first to get ourselves our, you know, daily dose of Jesus and God's good word, and then education on other stuff beyond that. You see, these people, they tout themselves as freedom-loving Americans who support Donald Trump. They, they, they act like they're God-fearing Christians. They, they, they give themselves any title they need to to try to trick us, to try to trick you, to try to deceive you. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, these people are experts at being chameleons and snakes. What do chameleons and snakes do? What are they good at? Especially a chameleon. A chameleon can blend in with its background. Snakes are good at slithering and creeping and and, and getting close to its prey in a very stealth-like manner. And they will stop at nothing to blend in however they see fit or however they need to in order to sow chaos. That's what these obfuscators do. That's what these types of people do. It is essential to remain resolute and unwavering in our commitment to upholding the principles of the Constitution and safeguarding the integrity of our republic. I want to read you all a quote that I found. It is by Thomas Jefferson, and he says, If a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. Let me read that again. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it, it expects what never was and never will be. I mean, so what, what does that mean, Jason? That sounds pretty deep. I don't even know what that means. Well, this quote emphasizes basically, in layman's terms, the importance of an informed and actively engaged people in maintaining a free society. Bottom line. See, Thomas Jefferson's quote underscores the fundamental connections between knowledge and the freedom within a civilized society. So by stating that a nation cannot simultaneously remain ignorant and free, Jefferson highlights the essential role of an informed populace in the preservation of liberty. See, he suggests that the pursuit of ignorance inevitably leads to the erosion of freedom, and as individuals become susceptible to manipulation and oppression by those in power, 
Well, then Jefferson also implies that freedom requires active participation in the governance of society. Let me say that again. It implies that freedom requires active participation in the governance of society. And so he emphasizes the responsibility of the people to remain vigilant, engaged, and knowledgeable about political affairs to safeguard their liberties. And in doing so, Jefferson champions the concepts of self-governance, hence why we have to reassemble our states, wherein the people take an active role in shaping the destiny of our nation. Jefferson's quote serves as a very stark warning against complacency and apathy in matters of governance, and it reminds us that the preservation of freedom demands continuous effort, vigilance, and commitment to knowledge and active stewardship of this land. We cannot waver on this. Very important. Now let's get into Micah chapter 3 real quick. And again, I picked this reading for a reason because it does have something to do with what we're going to be discussing when we go over this, you know, the, the continue the reading of the contempt of the Constitution. And it says here in Micah chapter 3, And I said, Here, you leaders of Jacob, rulers of the house of Israel, it is not your duty to know what is right. You who hate what is good and love evil, you who tear the skin from them and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, flay their skin from them and break their bones, who chop them in pieces like flesh in a kettle, like meat in a pot. When they cry to the Lord, he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them at that time because of the evil they have done. Thus says the Lord regarding the prophets, O oh, you who lead my people astray, when your teeth have something to bite, you announce peace, but proclaim war against the one who fails to put something in your mouth. Therefore you shall have night, not vision, darkness, not divination. The sun shall go down upon the prophets, and the day shall be dark for them. Then the seers shall be put to shame and the diviners, diviners confounded. They shall all cover their lips because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with the power, with the spirit of the Lord, with justice and with might to declare that to Jacob his crimes and to Israel his sins. Hear this, you leaders of the house of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, you who abhor justice and pervert all that is right, who build up Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Its leaders render judgment for a bribe. The priests teach for pay. The prophets divine for money. While they rely on the Lord saying, is not the Lord in the midst of us? No evil can come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed like a field and Jerusalem reduced to rubble and the mount of the temple to a forest ridge. Now, this passage depicts a, a condemnation of corrupt leaders, prophets, priests of Israel, right? Micah, the prophet, addresses the rulers of Jacob in the house of Israel, accusing them of knowing what is right, but hating good and loving evil. And so he accuses them of cruelty, likening them to cannibals who devour the flesh of God's people and break their bones. And when the people cry out to the Lord, their prayers go unanswered. Why? Because of the evil deeds of their leaders. And so Micah also denounces the false prophets who lead the people astray for personal gain. And these prophets preach peace 
when they are well fed but pronounce war against anyone who doesn't provide for them. Tisk tisk. And as a consequence of their actions, they will be left in a darkness and shame with no one, no answer from God. And so in contrast to the corrupt leaders and prophets, Micah declares that he is filled with the power and spirit of the Lord committed to proclaiming justice and righteousness. He accuses the leaders of Israel of abhorring justice and perverting what is right, building up Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. But ultimately, because of the leader's corruption and the people's reliance on God while ignoring justice, Micah prophesies the destruction of Zion and Jerusalem, reducing the mount of the temple to ruins. And this passage serves as a warning against the consequences of corruption, injustice, and, drumroll, false reliance on God's protection in the face of wrongdoing. Don't think that you're going to do things in incorrect and immoral way proclaim the name of God and Jesus and think that you are going to be in God's presence, get out of here. That's not how that works. Okay, now we're going to get into the reading, the second part of the Contempt of the Constitution. Okay, in this part now where we left off, reads, Whenever any person of we the people or the people as a whole shall have their rights subsequent to mandated rights and requirements usurped by government and shall further have as to such abuse, contempt and usurpations by government, their rights that any person or people not be assaulted in their fundamental or constitutional rights or their rights of due process in connection with life, liberty, and property are abused or denied per the Fifth Amendment. The right to be or feel secure in their houses, not just house or a house, as to all their communications, even with modern technology, the advent of modern technology, not amending the Constitution in part thereof, the Fourth Amendment. The rights to feel secure while traveling abroad by not being forced under penalty of fine or imprisonment, being in duress by the conduct of government agents or violation of other rights to show or produce their papers, per the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. The rights of speech, religion, assembly, the press, and petition not polluted with false concepts of expression leading to gross depravity, perversion, and leading to all forms of social destruction, including children, murdering children, First and Ninth Amendments. Rights to exist peacefully in their homes during times of peace. Third Amendment. The rights not to have the state's militia suppressed, oppressed, or done away with under pretense or disguise of being a National Guard or military assaults committed against private homes for constitutionality, violation purposes per Article 1, Section 8, Clause 16, and then the 2nd, 8th, and 10th Amendments. Rights of justice by an impartial jury under control, and then, of course, trial or try, 
to control of a jury, not under control of a judge, thus representing the people directly as per Article 3, Section 2, Clause 3, and the Sixth Amendment. The rights to not have judges wearing the black robes of England or any other country to not be required to all rise for to not be required to speak, say, or lavish the title of honor where no constitutional law can be required of the people to do so. And to have the government of the United States and of the several states to not support either by law or practice a title of such as, but not limited to Esquire or any association or organization, foreign or domestic, in support thereof. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. The rights to be fully informed on all matter, material facts that transpire in the courts, not to have judges or attorneys take the silent judicial notice of elements of proceedings, thereby impairing the obligation of contract with the court. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 6. The right to have the separation of powers between the several states and the United States in cases of criminal offense alleged and recognized. Article 3, Section 2, Clause 3. The rights to have all commerce not crossing or else no longer crossing a state's borders recognized as intrastate commerce, not interstate commerce, and therefore not under the power and authority of the United States government. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. The rights to not have Congress have the right to regulate or make regular or uniform commerce among the states or interstate commerce to be extended to mean to regulate or control interstate society where such wording is not plainly stated, not being found in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. The right to assistance of counsel, not necessarily attorney or lawyers, assistance not being forced, controlled, or limited by any organization whatsoever. For the Sixth Amendment. The rights against governmental and other encroachments to have civil matters in cases of determined value tried by jury, also not under the control of a lawyer judge. Seventh Amendment. The rights of reasonable bail set, but not by prosecution and trial, and no cruel and unusual punishment. Eighth Amendment. The rights to not be forced to use an unlawful form of money consideration of value received on export or income from an accounting standpoint be taxable by the United States corporation or government, whether alleged to be any foreign country or to any local country or state or nation or no tax on the export side of interstate commerce in any form per Article 1, Section 9, Clause 5. The right to an inherent right to have the language of the people in all aspects to which it applies to them, belonging to the people alone and under their control and not belong to or be controlled by any form of government thereof to any degree whatsoever and rights to the common law there under. And that would be under the Ninth, the Fifth, and Seventh Amendments. 
the right to have all rights through not speci- though not specifically numbered enumerated within the constitution but retained without article 5 required amendment retained by the first generation or that generation which came under the wording retained by the people ninth amendment the rights to have certain powers considered forever and distinctly separate between the bodies of government united states and people 10th amendment the rights to bear arms in order to secure against the loss of the condition of a free state, whether by overt or covert means, being the loss of right to life, liberty, and property without due process of the law. Second Amendment combined with the Fifth Amendment. And finally, the rights of any other things as they exist within the main body of the Constitution itself, as well as other parts of the Constitution not named. Let's take a break from us from this for a second. That's a lot to digest. So <clears throat> the section that we read, it, 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 it addresses a multitude of rights and principles that are uh, very integral to the balance of power between the people, we the people, and the government, right? Now, first, it emphasizes the protection of fundamental rights, such as life, liberty, and property. And these rights are considered inherent to men and women like you and I and are safeguarded by the Constitution, particularly through the Fifth Amendment, which ensures due process of law. Now, privacy rights are also highlighted, particularly in the context of modern technology, Now, individual people, individual men and women should feel secure in their homes, right? And communications and should feel protected from government intrusion as outlined in the Fourth Amendment. Now, moreover, the passages, the sections that we read here also underscores the importance of freedom of speech, religion, and the freedom to what? Assemble, right? Freedom of assembly as enshrined in the First Amendment and these Freedoms allow individuals to express themselves, practice their beliefs, and peacefully gather without government interference. Very important. Now, there's also an emphasis on protection from governmental encroachments and the importance of a fair justice system. Now, this ensures that individual people are treated justly under the law and have access to a fair trial by a, what do we call that again, boys and girls? an impartial jury as outlined in various constitutional amendments. Now, furthermore, limitations on government powers are highlighted to prevent overreach and maintain the separation of powers between people and the government, preserving individual liberties and ensuring accountability and governance. So overall, this whole section that we read, all these rights, it underscores the importance, again, of safeguarding individual rights and freedoms while maintaining accountability and limitations on government authority. Now, continuing this reading, then they, the people, are not at peace by any of these breaches, either as individuals or as a people, and peace clearly has been breached thereby. Article 1, Section 6, Clause 1, the minimal embodiment of contempt of Constitution. Therefore, by these 
inalienable and mutual understandings behold, excuse me, beheld now by we the people, whether or not previously spoken, written or declared by any knowledge or of fact or law, and by mutual covenants of the people, by the people, and between the people, unspoken and unwritten, yet existent, thus giving their heartfelt, undeniable, and solemn consent to the proceeding, without regard to any express numeration of the people so represented hereby, but be- being all-inclusive for all the people united, the people of the United States of America and of the several states do file and declare contempt of constitution to belong as an inherent power to them, the people alone, and that by each and every filing and declaration of this inherent power throughout the land, this unalienable power of contempt of constitution shall, for the people alone, grow exponentially accordingly. All right. So let's step away from this for a second. In summary, this whole section that we just read asserts that the breaches of the constitution, you know, that asserts that breaches of the constitution, whether at the individual or collective level, it disrupts the peace and integrity of a nation. And it cites in Article 1, Section 6, Clause 1 as evidence of contempt towards the constitution. So the passage, the section that we read here, further declares that the people in their collective capacity possess inherent and unalienable rights. It also asserts that the people collectively acknowledge and consent to the assertion of their power to hold contempt towards violations of the Constitution. And this power is described as growing exponentially with each declaration made by the people throughout the nation. That's right. So essentially, this last section that we're going to read for the night emphasizes the people's authority to hold contempt towards breaches of the Constitution and asserts their collective power to address such violations. So as we conclude part two of the reading of the contempt of the Constitution, we will bring this part of the segment to a close, and then we will end this with a prayer. So Heavenly Father, we come before you with heavy hearts, course, with concern for those who are struggling in these turbulent times. We lift up all of you, all, we lift up to you, excuse me, all who are hurting financially, those who are facing health challenges, those who are grappling with uncertainty with their jobs and their lives. We just ask that you comfort, you, you, you bring comfort, um, your comforting presence be felt by each one that's dealing with these things bringing them peace and strength in their times of need. We also want to remember those who silently carry their burdens and prayers, unable to voice their struggles out loud. We ask for your special grace to surround them, bringing solace and assurance that you hear their every thought and whisper. Lord, we also pray for our country and its people, guiding our leaders with wisdom and inspire unity among us, Bless those who are actively working towards the restoration of a republic through the Assembly of States and strengthen them in their efforts. And may their endeavors be guided by righteousness and a sincere desire for the common good. And we pray all this in your son's name, Jesus, who we entrust these powers or these prayers to your loving care knowing that you hear the cries of your children and answer according to your perfect will. Amen.
Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And so remember, ladies and gentlemen, here at His Hardline, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy will not cross that line anymore because it is men and women like you and I who hold this line firm. And we need to make sure that no one veers over that line accidentally. Very, very important. We have a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. We have to impanel our common law grand juries. We have to apply what we have learned. We have to apply what we have been learning. We are at a point where talking ends. No more talky talk. We're done with talking. It's time to act. And that's precisely what we're doing by putting more emphasis on the contempt of the Constitution. Common law grand juries are being impaneled. And not just in Michigan, they're impaneling in other states. I know. And I tell you what, our country is going to be just all right. But the thing of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this for the first time and you have no idea what the assembly is about and you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, feel free to email Destry at contentmanager, the number one, at yahoo.com. Content, C-O-N-T-E-N-T. Manager, M-A-N-A-G-E-R, and then the number one at yahoo.com. You can um, email him directly. Let him know what state you're in. And we actually do have an educational call that we direct people towards. It's a three-part type of uh, educational call uh, that gives you a background of where, where we were, what happened back then, where we are today, and learning how we've been screwed over and then learning what the remedy is, the lawful remedy and how we proceed forward. That's what you're going to learn on these calls. And that's what you're going to learn on this podcast. So I ask you share this podcast with people that you know, will find value with this don't just shotgun this to any Tom, Dick, and Harry, because I don't want just anybody following this show. Well, Jason, that seems kind of stupid. Don't you want everybody to follow you? Not necessarily, because there are just people who just will never get it. And therefore, this show will not be intriguing for them. There is podcasts out there that I just don't get. So I wouldn't really want anybody sharing that podcast with me. I mean, I'd listen to it. I'd give it a chance, but that's about it. I probably wouldn't go back to it if I didn't like it. But if you have people in your circles that you believe would benefit from this podcast, shoot over a link, text it to them, send it to them on Facebook, whatever you have to do, do it. And to further your knowledge on what the assembly is, you can go to national-assembly.net. That's www.national hyphen the little dash assembly.net 
I hope you all have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world, and we will see you back here next time. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. To find more shows like this, you can visit hishardline.com and to learn more about your involvement with your local General Jural Assembly, you can visit national-assembly.net. His Hardline Podcast. His Hardline Podcast. Podcast. exercise caution regarding any organization purporting to be an assembly and claiming similar objectives such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Alliance, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA Tactical Civics, or any entity diverging from the officially recognized Michigan model acknowledged by seven countries and the United States military. Furthermore, it's important to clarify that we do not endorse or recognize status corrections.